Peter at ShareTalk. This morning I have the privilege of speaking with Bill Morgan, the CFO of Anglo-Asian Mining, and I also have his colleague, the Director of Geology, Stephen Westhead. Good morning, gents. How are you? Good morning. We're very well, thank you. Okay. Now, congratulations on the um, really positive interim results that you've put out this morning. Um, what were the key factors that led to Asia, Anglo-Asians' return to profitability? Okay. When I joined this company as CFO two years ago, the company was in you know, a fairly fragile state. Um, the company had quite a lot of debt and it was suffering problems with its production. But I joined at a very interesting time because really the turnaround was just starting to get underway as I joined. And there are two main factors. There's factors which the management did and there are also other factors which are outside of our control where we had quite a bit of luck, and I'll talk about them later. Okay. But in terms of what the company did, um, the company had built a new plant to produce gold. Uh, this was an agitated leach plant, um, works fairly similar to a, a CIL plant, and that really wasn't performing in terms of the production as it was anticipated. And part of the reason for this was the fact that it's a polymetallic ore which contains a lot of copper and the copper was really uh, making it difficult to extract the gold from the ore economically. So the first part of the turnaround strategy was really, and I think I'll use the word to tune up the plant. So a lot of work has gone into really getting the agitated leach plant working um, satisfactory over the last couple of years and also in terms of lowering the cost of that uh, plant. I mean, for instance, because of the copper, which was absorbing a lot of cyanide, you know, our cyanide consumption was, was very high, which was really causing our costs to, to increase dramatically yeah. over what we thought they would do. Um, so a lot of work went into the metallurgy to try and, you know, reduce the, the costs of the, the cyanide. And we looked at a lot of other areas to really try and get the, the plant not only producing gold, but producing gold at, uh, at an economic cost. So that was the first main thrust was to, to really get the agitated leach plant working properly. The second uh, part of the strategy to turn the company around was to build a flotation plant. As I've said, there is a lot of copper within the, the ore at Giedebeck. And it was soon recognised that far from being a problem, this was actually an opportunity. So when I started, as I say, two years ago, the company had just started to contract to build a flotation plant at the Giedebeck site. And this plant was built uh, over the last two years. It took about 18 months and it was built for about $4.6 million, which in terms of the gold mining industry, is doing something pretty quickly and a pretty good cost. Yeah, we did good. this. Yeah, we did this through um, a turnkey contractor who was Turkish. He basically did the did the plant for us. So that was the the second thrust was to uh, to build a flotation plant initially to process the tailings from the agitated leach plant to recover all of the metal that the agitated leach plant wasn't extracting. Um, and that is obviously a very cheap method of flotation because there's no crushing or grinding to do. You're actually working with a, with a slurry. 
The third part of the strategy, and this was just graft, really. There was no magic bullet. <laughs> really, just to look at all of our costs. So, yeah, of course. Um, you know, we did a lot of work on looking at the cost of our mining contractors. We started looking at alternative sources for cyanide. We were buying all of our cyanide in the, the Far East, long lead times, if we could get it locally. Not only could we buy it cheaper, but we didn't have to have such high stocks. Um, and we found a supplier in Georgia. And there's a lot of examples I can give you here of areas where, you know, we just basically, you know, kept a very, very strong focus on our costs. Um, so those really are the three things that we were doing to try and turn the company around. Uh, the flotation plant started in operation last September. So we've had a full six months of contribution of its revenues in the six months to the end of June. So obviously that's had a very beneficial effect on our results. Yeah. Um, as a result of all the cost reduction exercises that we've been doing, our costs have come down dramatically from over $700 an ounce to around about 500 and above. Yeah, I was so, gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, um, Bill, that the costs have come down something around 26% on average. That's ex exceptionally exceptional reduction there. Yeah, and that's really what the strategy of the of the management has been. Now we've also, as I said, we've also had a little bit of luck, um, and the luck has been in two areas. Firstly, we've had a a reasonably good rebound in gold prices since the beginning of the year. Yeah, and obviously that has helped us. And the other area where we've been uh, benefiting from the external environment is the Azerbaijan Manat. Azerbaijan is a basically an oil producing country, 95% of its revenues come from oil and gas, and the Manat, which is the currency of Azerbaijan, yeah. like a lot of these petrol petrocurrencies, has had very high devaluations over the last 18 months because of the, uh, the problems within the oil and gas business. Yeah. So you can imagine you know, we are producing gold, which is priced in dollars, which is going up. But at the same time, a lot of our costs in Azerbaijan are actually, down. in dollar terms, are going down. Yes, yeah. obviously, because it's priced in manats. Um, there's not been a lot of cost inflation within Azerbaijan, which is what we thought we might see. We're thinking that, you know, there'll be a lot of inflation, which will obviously negate the effect of the devaluation. Yeah. But the government is actually very keen to avoid that and is putting a lot of measures in place to try and make sure there isn't cost inflation so you know in some areas like well the areas of our local costs such as mining contractors labor you know things that we buy locally you know we've seen significant reductions in the cost of those items once you look at the price of those in dollar terms so you take together you know what we've been doing as a company to try and you know get the production up lower the costs, get alternative revenue streams coming along, such as the flotation plant, yeah. together with um, the uptick in metal prices and the devaluation of the Azerbaijan Manet. It's all been very beneficial to the company, and that has been reflected in the fact that we have now returned to, to, to profitability. Yeah, I mean, you, you've certainly hit a, a, a sweet, pot, sweet spot there, Bill, in the sense of you, you're selling on your gold at um, an average of... $1,230 an ounce and your average cost is 
546. So all the things that you've put into place and you've done over the last 18 months, two years, seem to be just about getting yourself there to give you that momentum and hence the reason you're at profitability now. Absolutely. I mean, it's not a bad time to, to be around the, the company at the moment. As you say, <laughs> we, have, we have here... A sweet spot. Yeah. Um, as I say, two years ago, it was not a sweet spot at all. No, um, you know, the company was carrying a much higher debt level with much less cash flow. Um, but as you can see from the results that were released, the debt has come down significantly. Yeah. Um, the cash flow has gone up. And, you know, the finances of the company are now, they're not exactly robust health, but they are actually know very quickly returning to a much more healthier condition. I wanted to touch on the geology and what's going on over the Gidebeck mine um, with um, your colleague there Stephen Westhead obviously he's been involved in a lot of the work that's gone on there. Stephen is there anything you want to add regarding all that? Um, well with regard to the, the, the geological side of it um, yeah. an important development is, is actually uh, the, the production coming out from the underground mine Gadia, yeah. which yeah. is about 700 meters from the open pit. Okay. Um, the grade of gold is, of that is higher than the open pit, and we're able to blend both the open pit feed material along with the underground. Oh, okay. Um, so therefore, we're able to uh, best prioritize and um, optimize the feed grade for the processing, so uh, the process uh, itself is optimized as well. But interestingly, the Gadia deposit itself um, the footprint, the size is as yet undefined. Okay. The mineralization is open at depth and open along strike. Um, so in terms of upside potential, um, I see it as being very significant and we currently have both surface and underground drilling programs ongoing. Excellent, excellent news. Now, you, either of you guys can answer this question. You had record copper and silver production for the period but the gold production was slightly down. Was that because of, of, of the, the, um, the, the blending or, or, or what was the reason behind that? I think the main reason behind this, and Stephen can correct me if I'm wrong, is yeah. that we had some fairly variable grades from our, from our open pit. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, I mean, what's actually happening as the open pit has gone deeper, Yes. Um, certainly the style of mineralization has changed right, and okay. the, the, the copper-gold ratios have also changed. Oh. Um, and as Bill was mentioning about optimizing the processing with regards to the introduction of the flotation plant to manage the copper, yeah, um, that was a very important aspect of maximizing the revenue stream. Um, from previous releases as well, you're aware that um, we have now uh, uh, installed a second sag mill yes in the, in the processing plant itself yeah. yeah and that will allow us to maintain our throughput so to to meet our production targets but one of the things we're doing at the moment is um evaluating the the copper gold relationships and the the, the amount of each metal um, that there is to be processed and by having the two sag mills it could allow us to um, have two separate streams, one, oh. for, one for copper ritual and one for gold ritual. Um, currently as well, the material goes through the gold process first yeah. and then into the flotation, but we're also looking at the option of possibly reversing that, um, which would improve significantly the costs as well with regards to the cyanide consumptions. So 
Sounds like a very clever, shrewd move, that Stephen. Yeah. Well, we have we have a lot of flexibility, yeah. um, which is great, um, and obviously a lot of significant geological upside as well. Excellent, excellent. Now, obviously, that's been transferred into the performance of your of your share price, which I'm just just put up a graph in front of me here, and it's up 177% year to date. Yes, I think they can be some very happy shareholders around <laughs> if they bought into the company at the beginning of the year. Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, again, I don't think there's any magic here. I mean, this is a fairly well-known story that, you know, junior gold miners are very highly geared to the price of gold. Yeah. And the price of gold, obviously, the rally has obviously beneficially affected the share price, like it has done with, with many gold companies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think... We have been telling the market for about the last year to 18 months that, you know, we have been turning the company around. Now, we would like to think that some of the share price is due to the fact that, you know, people have been taking notice of that. Um, if they haven't, well, let's hope the share price rallies on the back of these results to prove that we actually have done what we said we would do. And you, and you but, have done that. I mean, the great thing about it is, is that you were a low cost producer before and now you're even lower cost you, you you're in the higher percentile now of the the few miners that are around on a sub 600 dollar um cost per ounce and there are there are two reasons for that one is this is an extremely cost conscious company yeah i mean i've worked for a lot of mining companies and some of them are extremely cost conscious and some of them basically are not cost conscious at all um, it's just the local culture that has grown up within the company. I mean, I had to sign vouchers authorising somebody to spend three manat. Um, now, whether I really need to do that or not, I don't know, but I do it willingly because it just reinforces the culture. Yeah. So there is a very strong cost culture around the company. The company really does not spend a manat that it does not need to. So what's the three, Sorry to interrupt you. What's three manat in um, sterling terms? Bill. About one pound fifty. Right. Okay. So the price um, of a I, mean, I, was, I think I was. I think I did that one last week for somebody who had to park a car for, <laughs> oh, wow. for a couple of hours Very and needed conscious. to spend three minutes on on car parking. Right. Um, the other area, of course, is that Azerbaijan, especially after the devaluation, has become a cheap country to operate in, like a lot of these countries in the former Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, I was reading in the Daily Telegraph of you know, the 10 cheapest countries to retire in. And I think Azerbaijan, well, it was definitely on the list. I think it was about number five or six. Okay. Um, because of the fact that, you know, it is tied to the, the fortunes of the oil business. Oh, and at the yeah. moment, the fortunes of the oil business are, are not very good because of the low price of oil. So, you know, it's a combination of factors. It's yeah. a combination of what the company's doing and at the moment, a fairly favorable external environment. Yeah, the macro does does help uh, help a lot, but you guys are doing it all, all you can to get things um, in place as well regarding well, costs. That's because, very, very good. Yeah, because you don't know when it all might change. I mean, Ex a year exactly. from now, it may have all completely turned around. I mean, yeah. we might have $150 oil and the manna has suddenly shot back up again. Exactly. So that's why you always got to be prepared, as they say. Now, what what do you what do you think and see as the company's outlook for the next six months, um, Bill, um, Stephen? Well, in terms of news flow and in terms of what um, you might expect to hear from us, obviously we're going to continue with the, the good news about the production. Um, 
and obviously we do the normal quarterly reporting, which the next one will be um, the end of September and yep. then in January. We've also got a f- few, you know, fairly big projects going on, which we will complete by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, the one which we're quite pleased about is connecting the company to the power grid. Of course. Um, at the moment, all of our electricity is generated through diesel generators, which is very expensive. Yeah. Um, they've brought the power grid to the local village, so we are spending a couple of million dollars on a substation, a powerhouse, and some pylons to connect the um, site to the power grid so we won't have to use the diesel generators. So, I mean, this is both good news that we'll be having a lot cheaper electric power yeah. and, of course, is environmentally much friendlier because we're not having to burn a lot of diesel. So that we're looking forward to. That would be something that, again, we've said the end of the year, although I think maybe November we might be able to, to announce that one. Yeah. We've also got a big project going on in terms of water. The water balance of the site is fairly positive because the area receives a lot of rain and some of this rain ends up in our tailings dam and we don't want to spend money basically storing rainwater. So we are actually putting in a water purification plant, which will be membrane-based. Um, and that will actually produce water, which will be of sufficient quality to drink. Ah. Not that we will plan on drinking it, yeah. um, but what we will do is we'll, we'll be able to dispose of that either through discharging it into the local river yeah. or evaporating it. We're actually putting in some equipment that basically throws the water up into the air, into very fine globules, which then evaporates off. Um, so again, this is all environmentally good news because yeah. it makes the, uh, the water balance of the site under control and also saves us money in yeah. two ways. Firstly, it means that we'll have to have less tailings capacity built and that's it. You know, that costs money and obviously the less tailings that we put in the tailings dam, you know, that is cost efficient. And also we will produce, we, we will be producing uh, a slurry, which will be basically what we take out the tailings dam after all the water has been removed, which we will be able to extract some metal from. So effectively we will be, you know, extracting what metal has gone historically into the tailings dam. Oh. So again, mm-hmm. we're expecting that um, before the end of the year. Um, we're also looking at possibly doing some more process optimization on the flotation plant. Um, we've got plans to start expanding the flotation plant. Um, whether they'll get announced by the end of the year or not, I don't know. But uh, again, you know, we're looking at doing some process optimization there. And we're also doing quite a bit of drilling work. And again, Stephen can, can talk about that if uh, you think that's yeah, I think that really interesting to the people that are listening. I think so, because the thing is with, 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 all, with all stocks is that when they've had a good run, which you, you, your stocks are 177% year to date, as I said, is that investors, the short term ones, are always get a bit twitchy as to what's going on and how long is it before the next bit of news. And, th- and the share price may just dip a little bit. So if Stephen can add exactly what's going on next and what, why that would add additional value that would be great for long for the longer term investors sure um well as i referenced earlier on we are carrying out drilling at both the open pit and the underground yeah production mines so we're looking to expand 
and the understanding of uh, just how much uh, resource and reserve material we'll have in the ground going forwards. But um, apart from that, we have a significant exploration program. Um, yeah. A long strike about seven kilometers from um, our mining operations is another deposit where there's copper gold mineralization exposed on surface. Okay. And um, we're currently carrying out a core drilling program on that. Um, as well as uh, between those, th the two properties I've just mentioned, there's been a number of uh, other findings where surface mapping, geochemistry, um, and drilling uh, have all indicated additional mineral potential. Stephen, have you, have you added any names to those particular two deposit sites yet that you can declare? Um, yeah, the one the one is called Bitty Bulag. Yep. Um, and that's the one that we're carrying out core drilling at, at the moment. Okay, so I'm I safe to say for anybody out there that's got any concerns, you're not looking at purchasing anything. You've got enough tenements and enough acreage to explore and develop going forward. That's correct. Excellent. Yeah, in the, in the immediate uh, future, um, our tenements um, I consider to have massive potential. There's yeah. a lot of surface exploration work to be done. Um, and it's very unusual to have you know, exposed mineralization um, you know, so the exploration activities uh, are very much focused on targeting future mining operations. Yeah, I mean, the Gidebeck lease is actually 300 square kilometres. That's a, a big... I mean, it's not just a little patch <laughs> of land. It's, uh, you know, it's a big chunk of the countryside which we yeah. need to roam over. Very, very big. Well, that's a country in certain parts of the world, mate. <laughs> now, guys, I've covered all my questions. You've had record copper production, record silver, you, you, you're back to profitability. Is there anything else you wanted to add that to, to keep um, all those very cheered um, investors happy for the next couple of weeks, couple of months until the next bit of news? No, I mean, all I would say is we plan to continue doing what we've been doing. Um, you know, there's going to be no let up in terms of the company's efforts to, uh, you know, keep reducing our costs and, yeah. you know, keep optimizing the process as best we can. And you know, trying to get as much value that we can out of out of what we've got. Um, you know, we're not resting on our laurels at all. No, that's that's great news, Bill. You've done a fantastic job since you've arrived there. Congratulations on that, sir. Um, Stephen, thank you very much for adding the geology bits as well. Thank you. Um, I've thank covered you. all my covered all my questions. I look forward to speaking with you both and the rest of the team later in the year, if not sooner. Um, and all the very best going forward. Okay, thank you. Thank you okay, very much. that was Bill and Stephen at AAZ. Um, take care, boys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.